All right, thank you, Abby. Uh, right now, uh, I just want to introduce uh, the two guest speakers that were here uh, yesterday doing our prayer school. Um, I first want to introduce uh, Kirk Bennett. Kirk uh, used to he used to be the former uh, director of the prophetic ministry at IHOP, and then uh, he had moved to South Carolina and started up a house of prayer there with a, a bunch of staff. And just recently, uh, he moved back to Kansas City. Uh, he is currently the head of the Justice Division at IHOP, and uh, he, uh, he ministered to us very powerfully yesterday. And uh, I'm also going to introduce our other guest speaker. Um, well, actually, Kirk, why don't you stand for a moment? This is Kirk Bennett, everyone. <clears throat> All right. And uh, we have our other guest speaker as well, Ronnie Henderson. Uh, he is to be the former VP... I'm not done yet. He used to be the former VP of IHOPU. He's currently uh, serving in the international ministries, uh, the, the head of the international ministries at IHOP. And uh, let's just uh, invite him up. He's going to come up and share from the word for us. To this, to this. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Christian. Amen. Let me look at you. Man, you, you really are a very diverse group. But a very powerful group. Mm. Wow. Now this is... 12... You're in the 13th day of the fast, is that right? And so you have how many days left? How many? Have you had potato chips talking to you yet? Have you had things saying, come and eat me? You know, it is a strange time when you're in the midst of fasting to be able to, the senses, how you sense things in a different level. And uh, fasting is, is really awesome, but it's really tough. But I, I loved what uh, Pastor Christian said this morning about striking the ground. About the king who, who went to Elijah, Elijah, and the death of Elijah. And, and uh, right before he was to die, and he went before uh, Elijah, this king, and he said, Am I going to win the battle? And, uh, and, uh, and so Elijah pulls him aside and gives him a prophetic word. And he, 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 said, he takes a, a bow and arrow and he shoots arrows out into the field in a long distance. And then he t- tells uh, the king to grab the arrows and strike the ground. And, uh, and so I, I don't believe the king really believed there was much taking place. So he just kind of haphazardly strikes the ground. And it makes Elijah mad. I mean, he gets mad. He said, are you going after this or not? He said, if you had struck the ground wholeheartedly, time and time again, you would have had full victory. He said, but you didn't. This fast is the striking of the ground. At IHOP, we've seen the Lord break out in the power of the Spirit in the midst of the awakening. 
We've seen the Lord pour out His Spirit. Our cry in Kansas City for over 10 years is, God, have mercy on America. Break in in power. Come, Lord Jesus. Come in power. And we know, we know, if God doesn't show up, America is in big trouble. And so our only hope, our only hope in America is God. That's the truth across the nations. Yet in America, upon the church, we know that God has to break in. And so we're in a place for crying out. And as soon as this broke out, Mike Bickle pulled several leaders. I'm sure Kirk was in the middle of that, that meeting also. But he came in and he said, listen. And he, he shared that story. He said, listen, guys. He said, all I know is that we're going to keep striking the ground time and time again. We're going to strike the ground. We're going to continue and we're going to continue and continue striking the ground until we have the fullness of God's victory until Jesus returns. Keep striking the ground. Yes, this is a, a tough... It, fasting's tough. But you... But normally, once you get past day one, once you get past 24, 36 hours, you're entering into the grace. You're entering to something special, a place that, that, that you feel the presence of the Lord in this place of grace. And God gives you grace. I mean, when I'm fasting, I enjoy cooking. Uh, my my senses are are so sensitive, and I, and so most of the time when I'm fasting an extended period of time, I'm doing it alone, and so I'll say, Belinda, can I cook tonight? She really doesn't. She really don't know what I'm doing. She said, of course you can. You are you able? I said, yes, I'm able. And so I'll, I'll begin cooking, and then I'll begin. Yes. Oh, yes. Try it. You're, you're in a great place. Thirteenth day. Yes. I'll tell you a story about Lou Engle. Don't tell him I said this. Don't tell nobody I said this. But, no, he, he actually, Doritos is his favorite thing. He, he'll literally... Take a Dorito and chew it up and then (laughs) spit it out. I guess that's legal occasionally. (laughs) I remember one time I was, the first time I entered into a 40-day fast. And uh, I, it was a, a, a liquid fast. And we had, it was about day 30, and I was really just struggling. And I remember going into a, um, um, a restaurant with Belinda, and they had the best-looking blackberry pie. I mean, it was amazing-looking, and it was talking to me. And it really was talking to me. You know what I'm talking about. It was talking to me. 
And I was trying every which way to find out how I could make this legal. And I, I remember the, the waitress coming by and I asked her, I said, can you grind this up in a purified state? I didn't do it, Kurt. I was good. Pray for me. Father, I do, I do ask for grace in the midst of fasting. I ask God that there would be that grace that we see in Acts 4 poured out upon each and every one. I pray God that there would be this continuation of strength that would build in their sensitivity. The sensitivity and the power of the Spirit would be in this place, in each and every individual. God, would you move them across the, across into the new land here, in this place of their sensitivity. God, let every sense within them flourish in the midst of this fast. We ask, God, that it would not only be a place of power, but there would be a sensitivity, a tenderness of their heart to you, Jesus. May they experience you in a deeper level than they ever have in their entire life. Would you touch them, not only for the sake of, of the nations, Not only for the sake of Korea and North Korea, but for themselves, Lord. Let them enter in into a new place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to share this morning out of the book of Philemon. And uh, this this message, I mean, this, uh, this is something that is good to put in your tool chest. In the place of ministry. Now, this is first for us. Just like fasting is first for us in the place of sensitivity. This message here is first for us to understand the aspect of how to enter in to the place of relationship. Enter into a place of, of our own healing and our own uh, a place of, uh, of freedom. But it's also a place... To put in your tool chest that as you're in the field, in the place of ministry, that you'll understand how to unlock hearts. How, how to recognize and set the captives free. The, the, main, the main issue here is a place of unforgiveness or forgiveness. And, and it, we've found in the place of ministry that forgiveness is the very thing that stops the flow of healing in our lives. If you're trying to minister in the place of uh, breaking the power of the demonic in one's life, you're going to go after forgiveness first. Ninety percent of people are locked up because of issues of unforgiveness. Uh, Belinda and I, in this, in the last meeting that we were in, we we had a lady in that meeting. And she she began in the in the sessions began manifesting in a very I mean it was really wild and you knew that she was in full bondage and we began we sat down we had to get her to a place of under uh, of being able to talk to her using her an interpreter and uh, but it was an issue as we began talking to her, it was issues of things that had happened unto unto her. And, she, and things that had happened that she was even holding herself responsible for. And, uh, and, but as we worked through this, and she made choices in her lives to
to forgive the people and herself, all of a sudden the enemy, listen, the enemy no longer had access to her. And he had to leave. Now, what I'm saying is, even in the place of ministry, when we deal with the issues of unforgiveness, this is a thing that holds the enemy or gives the rights to the enemy in people's lives. So you need to remember that. The very first thing, if you're ministering, is looking for this. Looking for this issue in people's hearts. And, 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 and in their lives. In this, it can be very simple. But in this book, in Philemon, I want you to turn with, with me here. This is, this is one of the, this is a one chapter. It, it's a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a, to a slave owner named Philemon. And in the, the major issue in this here letter is Paul's writing requesting that Philemon would forgive and release this slave, Onesimus. Onesimus. Uh, and, uh, and this name, uh, Onesimus, means uh, useful. And, uh, and what, we need, what you need to understand, but even before we read this, this slave... Uh, in those days, whenever a slave l- stole and left their owner, the result should have been death. Because they wanted to set, keep the example uh, before all the other slaves that you just don't do this. So they would actually stone the slaves and kill the slaves if they stole or fled. And so and as we read this letter, you'll hear... Paul coming back to Philemon, contending and appealing on his behalf. Because what's taking place is as this slave escaped, he comes into proximity or he runs into Paul. Okay? So he runs into Paul at Colossus. And when he comes to Paul, Paul wins this, this slave to the Lord. He becomes a Christian, and he serves Paul well. And then all the, then Paul though decides to send this slave back to his rightful owner and make things right. And so he he sends this letter by uh, Anisbus back to his owner Philemon in a place of appealing for his freedom and for. The uh, Philemon to treat him as a brother in Christ and no longer a slave. So that's kind of the, the history of what's going on. Now I want you to listen. This is a great story. And I'm going I'm to read the whole thing to you, okay? Because it's a short letter. I want, it needs to be not as a book that's, that's mysterious. It's a letter that's being written. And the cool thing is, it found its way in the Bible. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker. And then he gives some other names here. He says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. Because I hear of your love and of the faith 
that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. He's, he's really encouraging him. He's saying, I've heard about you. I'm proud of you. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become more effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. He said, man, you're, you're awesome. You're, you're the most awesome guy. You're, you're, a, you're doing the work of the kingdom. There's power in your ministry. You're bringing joy to the saints. You, you're really doing great. He's bragging on him. Then he comes down to verse 8. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required. Stop. He said, I could command you to do this. I have authority. I'm actually your spiritual father. Now, he actually won Philemon to the Lord also. He said, I have the right and I have the boldness to command you to do this. But, for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. I don't want to command you. But for love's sake, I want to bring an appeal to you for love, out of love. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ. I appeal to you, my child, Anismus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. So here, he said, I got two children. You, Philemon. And Onesimus, he's also my son. And I appeal to you on behalf of my son. Formerly, he was useless to you. But now he's indeed useful to you and to me. I'm sending him back to you. Sending my very heart to you. Wow. I'm sending him and my heart. This is powerful with Paul. Paul, the apostle. The apostle sending his heart back with this servant, with this new brother in Christ. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. He's saying he's valuable to me. He's important to me. He's very worthy, very useful. He's probably a deacon. He may be an elder type, but he's useful. But I prefer to do nothing without your consent. He's got proper order. He said, I want you to come and deal with this issue that's before you. Without your consent, in order that your goodness might not be my compulsion, but of your own accord. He said, I don't want you to do this just because of me. I want you to do this out of love and do what's right because you are in the kingdom. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back formerly. He's saying, it might, this is, 
This may be the very reason that he escaped and left you, that he might come my way and come into the kingdom. Now, you're mad at him, Philemon. But Philemon, he left you that he might come into the place of freedom. No longer is he a slave. Look at verse 16. But more than a slave, a brother, a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Look at verse 17. So if you consider me your partner, oh man, he's turning up the heat. I mean, Paul's turning up the heat. He says, so if you consider me your partner, receive him. And you would receive me. Now look at verse 18. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. Charge that to my account. He said, if if he owes you anything, I'm good for it. Look at the next portion. He's telling Philemon, I'm good for it. He says, I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I promise you, I will repay it to say nothing of what you owe me. Now, listen to that. He's kind of, Paul's really getting touchy here. If I, how much do you owe me? You should forgive this guy. You should release him. The truth is, the words, some of the words here is reflective of opening our hand. As we often carry in the place of forgiveness and unforgiveness, a closed hand to, to what, where people have been, what they've actually done to us. And, and, and this word that Paul keeps using is, open your hand. Open your hand and release this. Unto the uh, uh, release this brother, release this this thing that's come against you. He says, verse twenty. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Then he turns and completes this letter, and he says, confident. I'm confident in you, my brother, of your obedience. I write to you, knowing that you will know will do even more than I say. And at the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I'm coming. Now, he's really saying in the midst of this, Okay, guys, I want you to deal with the issues at hand. He said, nevertheless, I'm coming. Prepare a room. If you've not dealt with this, you're in trouble. I mean, can you not hear Paul? I mean, Paul... He was addressing this issue and confronting this issue face to face. Is the issue of us learning as we walk to open our hands before the Lord and open all the things within our heart and say, I release it before him. I release those that's wounded and hurt me. And, and not only us, you may have done all this. And this is, you may be totally free in your areas of releasing people into these different areas. But in your ministry, many of you are called into the deep places as forerunners in this age. And you've been called to help others move from the place 
of a bitterness and anger into the place of forgiveness and releasing people into the fullness, into the freedom of their forgiveness. That's your call. That's what God's called us to do, to identify, to help people move out of bitterness and into joy and moved into the place of learning how to bless those who wounded us. On the Sermon on the Mount, Forgiveness is actually addressed by Jesus. He said, forgive. For if you can't forgive, I won't forgive you. Forgiveness is a doorway for us to be able to enter in and receive God's forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the most key areas in our entire life. I remember preaching a a message concerning forgiveness. And actually, it was, it was interesting. It was, a, it was a Korean young man. And he came up to me after the message. And he said, he said, I can't do this. How do you, why do you even expect me to do this? I said, well, it's in the Word of God. And I said, it will unlock your heart. And he said, he said I, these people have done major things against me. He said, I can't do this. He said, I got anger in me. I said, yes. I said, you, you can't be who God's called you to be until you release this. And he, he, he argued with me for probably about 30 minutes until I just have to, had to walk away. In many of our cultures, forgiveness is not natural. But according to God's kingdom culture, God's kingdom calls us to enter a place of making choices to forgive one another. Now, one of the hardest areas of forgiveness normally is within, within our family. Those that are closest to, you, to us often hurt us the most. And, uh, I, and, uh, and so often we have within families almost a, a family feud. You know what I'm talking about. Where we, we have uh, places where our siblings and our parents have, have done stuff, but we've been told we shh, to be quiet. Uh, don't deal with that. I mean, d- that just put it underneath the carpet. And so there's this brewing of bitterness and anger in the midst of family issues. I rem- I'm reminded of a, of a man that came to my church about 10 years ago, 15 years ago. His name was Larry. And uh, Larry was a a very sick, sickly man. He was probably about 50 years old. And uh, and Larry uh, uh, had one of these family feuds going on since he was just a kid. And they were much, uh, again, much sickness. But within the family, there was this... Just this anger that was going on. They were coming, constantly coming against each other. They, he actually moved to the, uh, 800 miles away just to get away from the family feud. I mean, it was really bad. And, but Larry, he, he got sick at my church. And, and in the midst of it, him and his wife, both very poor individuals, Larry, goes to be with the Lord. We actually, in the midst of it, we actually deal with the issues of unforgiveness in Larry. And uh, we minister to Larry. We deal with uh, all the issues. And, and Larry's heart is actually prepared. 
And uh, and so uh, but he goes to meet with Jesus afterwards. And uh, but they had no money to actually get him back to his hometown to be buried. And that's where he wanted to go. He wanted to go back home to be buried. And, and so and so my youth minister and I, we decided we'd help his widow get his body back to upper New York. Now we're in Atlanta, which is the southern part of the states, and we had to travel uh, by plane to the northern part. And so we, the, the, the family had no money. The church really didn't have no money to do a, a real good funeral. So they actually cremated Larry's body. And so uh, we kept trying to understand the best way for transportation. And we decided, why not? Let's just put Larry in my briefcase. Okay? And so I, <laughs> so I literally had Larry in my briefcase. And we carry him on the airplane, and we put Larry in the overhead bin. And uh, now, I know that sounds bad, but but the reality was Larry would have enjoyed that. He, Larry would have loved to have been spilled out on Delta. And that was kind of personality, this guy. And he wanted to be, go back to his home area to be buried. And so we take off with Larry. We travel to, to uh, Rochester, New York. We get off the plane. We put Larry in the trunk. And we have a cup of coffee. And we head move toward uh, this area along the lakes, around the Canadian lakes. And so as we go, get to that area, uh, the wife's telling us stories about the family. And, and you know, it's, we're kind of, in one way, we're getting excited. In other ways, we're kind of fearing what's about to take place. We knew that probably the only people who would come would be anger and bitter, bitter family members. And, uh, and so we, it, she said, we're going to Larry's best friend's house. And uh, then we'll proceed to the graveyard and we'll go do the funeral at the graveyard. And so we, we arrived. When we arrived at this house, we entered in. And this, his best friend is breathing death threats. We're sitting here and he's... he's threatening the family for what they've done to Larry and all the stuff that they've done over the years. And as he continued talking, I realized, my youth minister and I realized that this guy was actually a part of the mafia. I mean, he, he was he was a part head of the pop fitters union in that whole area. And he was a mafia. You know what I'm talking about? Organized crime. And he had the means to take the family out. So we're sitting at his table and he's talking about taking the family out and uh i my youth minister's name was also called rodney so it was rodney and rodney and uh and so we 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 said let's go to the uh by then we were stunned about what what was going on and we decided it's time to go to the to the graveyard, the fact was we were already late. We weren't very concerned because Larry was in our trunk. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and we, we knew that they couldn't proceed without him or us. And so we, we made our way. We're actually 15, 20 minutes late to the funeral. And it, it really the truth is that man would be late for his, his, for his funeral. Larry was late for his funeral. And uh, when we arrived, they had dug a hole in the in the ground uh, up front. And we when I we started up and came before the people, they were a group of about 
50 people around this graveside. And you knew you could see the bitterness and anger on their face. You know, you can really look at people sometimes and know and discern the bitterness, the hardness on somebody in the midst. And and all these guys, they look bitter and angry. And uh, I said, Rodney, I said, you go ahead. You I said, this is what we're going to do. You'll preach first and then I'm going to lay it down. And I said, we're going to run after this. We're going to preach. We're going to preach so hard. And then we're going to run. We're going to leave town. We literally had a motel in another town 150 miles away. So we really was going to do this. And, uh, and so I turned and, and Rodney, I mean, he preached an amazing message. Just a, a hellfire and brimstone message. You know, he was just whoosh. And uh, it came my time. And as I stepped up, I, I looked to the left and I see his friend. His friend's name was Joe. I see Joe over here and you can see he's just, he was snarling at the family and just anger. And, and I, I, I stepped up and I said, I said, okay guys, I said, let's, can we get honest here? And I said, he looked at me, I said, listen, I know your stories. Larry told me your stories. And I said, I said, let me tell you what happened. Before Larry passed away, he forgave all of you guys. He released all of you into the hands of the Lord Jesus. And guess what? He is in a good place with the Lord right now. I said, but here's the issue. The issue is not Larry. The issue is you. I said, you still harbor anger and bitterness toward Larry. You harbor anger and bitterness within the family. And I said, you know, some of you are sick right now because of what's going on. And the Lord wants to bring freedom this day in your life. And I said, I said, freedom or forgiveness is a choice. And you can make a choice right now to be free or you can go someday and actually be at this very graveside and miss the Lord totally. You can die in bitterness and anger. You, you could hear a pin drop outside. I mean, it was still. And I turned around and looked, and Joe, he's weeping over here. He's just, he's so full of weeping. I said, this is what we're going to do. If you're with me and you want to get free from all this, then let's go to the Lord. I'll lead you in a prayer. We'll break free today. And I led that entire family into the place of forgiveness, freedom. I mean, it was amazing. And I looked at Joe and I said, Joe, I said, I said, come on up here, man. I said, you're his best friend. Let's bury him. And so I, I get on my knees by this hole and Joe comes up here. Joe, he is so messed up. He's so crying and weeping. He's on his knees and we commit Larry to the, to the ground and, and we, we bury Larry. Joe gets up, still just crying. Under, I mean, you could tell the power of the Spirit was upon him. He gets up and he says, 
He said, Pastor, he just thank you. He said, this family was going to die for this. He said, I was going to take them out. He said, you don't know what you just did. He said, and he said, thank you, thank you. And then he said to me, he said, he said, can I take you out for supper tonight? He said, there's a great, he was Irish. He said, there's a great Irish pub. He said, can I take you out? He said, they're going to feed you at the church, but don't eat their food. Now, I was kind of concerned that he had poisoned their food or something. But, but I, said, I, I, said, I said, okay, I won't eat the food and we'll go out with you. And uh, it was amazing. We, we go out to eat with this guy. He sh- opens his heart up. We're, we're sitting in this Irish pub along the, uh, the, one of the Canadian lakes. And, and he's sitting there just, just being so vulnerable. He looked over at me one, one time as we were leaving. He said, he said, I can never repay you for this time. And, he, and then he said, he said, if you ever need anything. I, I, I said, if you ever need anybody taken out, you can contact me. <laughs> There's power in the place of forgiveness. It really is a choice that we make. One of the hardest areas of forgiveness is forgiving ourselves. Most of the time we can get through the part of releasing those around us from stuff that they've done to us. But the hardest thing is us forgiving us for some of the stupid things that we do. This lady that we actually ministered to in a previous church, she was actually in a place where she was being raped by somebody. But she was holding on to another to her nephew and her nephew fell in the midst of her being raped. And, and, the, and she, he fell and wounded himself, messed his face up, scarred his face up for life. And she, she, we had to work her way through the forgiveness dealing with this person who had done it. But she had created such blame upon herself for letting go. She said, surely in the midst of all that, I should have been able to hold on. I should have been able to hold on even when he was raping me. I should have been able to fight him off. I could have done something. Some of you, even today, are thinking back with different circumstances And you played it back many times. And you said, surely I could have done something to forbid that from happening. And you've not been able to release yourself into the place of that place of forgiveness. This is important. If you're forgiven, if God's forgiven you. If you've come before God and said, God, forgive me. And God has forgiven you. How dare you hold it against yourself? There's no condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You should not hate that which God loves. I remember another story. It's a lady named Sue. 
Sue was a very, um, very angry person. She was actually crippled and she was in a wheelchair. And she had around her spine this, this, um, um, it was a uh, coil that actually was around her, holding her back up where she could actually sit up. And, uh, and so she was, she had, she was in a wheelchair and she had to be in this here, uh, machinery in order to be able to sit up. But she goes to this healing conference with a hope that she might get free. When she arrived at the healing conference, the very first teaching was on the place of forgiveness. And, uh, and at the end of the teaching, they took out a piece of paper and they said, we want you to write out your hate list. Those people that you really don't like. The people that, that's wounded you and hurt you. Write out your hate list. And she said, and she gets mad. I mean, she's so mad. I, I can't do this. I won't do this. Take me home. There was a lady that had actually brought her there. She said, take me home. Take me home now. And she, they, they take her home. She leaves. She goes to her house. And when she arrives back at her house and, and she begins, starts to go to bed, she hears the Lord as soon as she lays her head down. Forgive. 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 And she, she said, no, I won't forgive. And she said, I've held this for many years and I will not let go. And she here, she continues trying to go to sleep. Forgive, forgive. And it continued in the night. Forgive, forgive. So she said, okay. And so she, 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 she takes a pen and paper out and she begins writing out her hate list. She literally writes out 78 names on her hate list. And she went by every one of those names. And she says, I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. And she, as soon as she got done, she laid her head down and she was out like that. She awakens the next morning at the sound of the ticking of an alarm clock. She's amazed. And she jumps up and she can't believe it because Sue not only had this spinal issue, but she was also deaf in both ears, 95 percent deaf in one and 85 in the other. She should she never can hear without her hearing aids. And she had taken her hearing aids out the night before and laid by the bedside. Her ears were 100 percent healed. She said, well, if I didn't ask the Lord to heal my ears, do you think if I went back to that retreat and had those people to pray for me, do you think the Lord might do something? So she goes back to the retreat. She tells the people about her ears and about the forgiveness. And she said, would you pray? And I said, yes, we'll pray. They're excited. She begins They begin praying, and Sue goes down under the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, she doesn't just lay there. She literally flops like a fish. Okay? She's flopping like a fish under the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And the team is saying, oh, no, we got problems. This is a crippled lady flopping on our floor. And all they could hear in the flash, they could hear lawsuit, lawsuit. Okay, that's what they were hearing. They were actually talking. What are we going to do? She's flopping in the floor. She's a crippled lady. So they actually had went to another room, and when they turned around to come back in, Sue is in the middle of the room, standing straight up, taking off this this apparatus of, of, a, of, a, of a kind of a cone type apparatus. And all, and the next thing she's doing, she's doing jumping jacks. And and as they walked in. She goes out into the courtyard and begins doing somersaults. She used before before she had become crippled. Sue, what was was a acrobatic person, and so all of a sudden she's out in the courtyard doing somersaults. Now my question to you, my question to you is, what did Sue do? What did she do? Not everybody at the same time. What did Sue do? What? She forgave. But listen, what she did was what the call that, that Paul was trying to get Philemon to do. She opened her hand. Because forgiveness is an open hand. It wasn't a holding on. And many of us are, we still hold on to those words, those offenses that people have brought to us. But what Sue did, she made a choice to open her hand. And I believe that today the Lord is, is saying, if you're going to be my forerunners, to demonstrate my power in this season that's before us, and I believe that's who you are. I really believe that you've been called to greatness. We, we brought this up in the prayer session. There, there's something special over this group of people. You, you've got a forerunner calling upon you. One that's going before what the Lord's doing and preparing the people in the spirit of Elijah. That's upon you. Some of you don't know that. Others of you have the, a feeling of that place of greatness. But here's the deal. We, we still have to learn to make it a part of our lifestyle, this open-handedness of the things that happen. One of the key messages we preach at IHOP is, is a message about meekness. In the place of meekness, the meek shall inherit the earth. Not only now, but in the age to come. It's a place of humility. But meekness is that place when somebody cuts in on you. When somebody cuts in on you. I'm sorry. <laughs> More, Lord. <laughs> when, somebody, when somebody cuts in on you... <laughs> When somebody cuts in on you, we must learn to push delete 
When somebody cuts in on us, we must learn to push delete and bless in the power of the Holy Spirit. As forerunners. Oh, there are going to be people cutting in on you. And you have to become an expert. An expert with the grace of God and the blessings of God flowing through you. This is what we call the Sermon on the Mount lifestyle. It's a place. I mean, how many has been pushed already this morning? How many has already had that place of an offense? Come on, you've driven in soul today. Come on. It takes a meek person to drive in the in soul and not get mad. Right? I mean, in our, when we, we the Lord took our student body through a, a season of learning to navigate in the place of meekness. And in that season, man, before they even got to school, the majority of them had already been agitated from some issue that had taken place. But they learned the a, a, a gift, a, a place of entering in to, to, to choosing not to take an offense, but to put push delete, not allowing the enemy to be able to constantly remind us of that 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 place where where the enemy is cut in, or not only the enemy, the friend or the sister or the friend that came in, or, or even in the hard places is whenever whenever we've been misjudged or we've been misunderstood and and we the ground is open for the enemy to come in and we had to be a we had to move to the place of as a forerunner to choose to quickly forgive and to release and to make that part of our mentality i once heard mike bickle talking about trials in this matter and he, he, he made a statement. He said, when it comes against me, when I sense the trial, I can't wait to see what God's doing, what he's about to do with this issue. We're going to face many trials. But we have to be able to handle those trials. And you guys know this. But some of you have not got honest. Some of you have not been honest with yourself about some of the places and some of the needs to open our hands and release. Some of us need to be like Sue and to make some choices. Some of us need this in our tool belt. This place of, of releasing and making this choice. If I'm talking to you, if this is about you even now that you need to to enter into a deeper level of forgiveness in some issues. I just want to ask you to stand. I want to pray for you. And then we, we want to minister in a different, some, different, some more things. But this is, to, to me, this is key right now for us to take the next step into being the place of what God's ordained. So if this is who you are, if you're holding some stuff that you still need to release before God, I want you to stand
Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Father, we just come in the name of Jesus, and I, I bring these before your throne. I bring these before your throne. And, uh, Lord, I ask God that you would... Hmm. I just feel like that the Lord is saying that there's, there's guys in the house that, that the biggest issue is yourself. In the place of beating yourself up and not liking yourself. That's you, I, I want you to join these guys. Come, Lord. Come in power. Release your power in the midst of this yes in their spirit. And we ask, God, that you would move upon each and every one of them in Jesus' name. And I, I want to I just I want you to pray with me. Just say in the name of Jesus. Just repeat it. There's power in your own voice, okay? So just just speak it out. In the name of Jesus, I make a choice today to release these individuals. And just just go. Just take a second there. Just name these individuals. Speak their names. And I choose also to forgive myself. And I also choose to forgive God for those things that that I think He should have done that He didn't. But I, I, I choose today to be that forerunner. And to open my hand and release all of these into the freedom of my forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Father, I right now in Jesus' name, I break every ungodly tie between these individuals. And those that's actually wounded them or hurt them, that's cut in upon them. I break the power of that right now in Jesus' name. I break the power of that tie, that body, soul, and spirit tie that's kept them in bondage. I break the power of it now in Jesus' name. And I declare freedom. And every demonic power that's had a right to be here because of this particular issue, God, we loosen it off right now in Jesus' name. And I declare in he- to heavens and to earth that these are forgiven in Jesus' name. And Lord, I ask God for you to release freedom, that you release healing. I ask you to heal hearts, bodies. I want you to just, I want you to just touch those around you that's standing. Just touch them. Just reach out and touch them. Touch bodies right now. Touch bodies. Touch bodies. Touch them. Release your power. 
Release your power upon them, Lord. Release it upon them now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Break in. Touch every area. Every area. Touch every area. Go to the very deep places. Lord, turn the sorrows of these relationships into the joy of the Lord. Release gladness. Bring freedom. Release gladness now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Release gladness. And God, we ask God. I want you to just, just say, fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Just receive. I receive. Receive the Holy Spirit now in a fresh way. In Jesus' name. 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 You know, I, I believe that that those have, have actually today has made have made this stand in the place of, of making a choice. That this this day, well this well, this is a thirteenth of June, is that right? I, I'm so confused on the days. But I, I believe that I believe that today go ahead and mark this day on your calendar. Because I, I believe that today is a day that the Lord is, is creating a launching pad for you in the spirit world to the next step that you've been asking him. You've been asking him. Many of you, especially those that are actually stepping into this, you know, I think this is a jump. It's almost like a, a swimming pool. Like, like a, uh, that, that you're actually making a leap and a jump. Into another area, another arena, another sphere. And I, I just I just see that the Lord's gonna break you out in freedom. You're gonna just come into the place of you're gonna feel feel a liberty to preach at another power with power and a new level. I, I, I just I believe that there's a new a, a, a real a, a desire in all of you. To really do that in the marketplace. And, uh, and I just believe there's going to be a, a fresh movement. And I just want to also you know the enemy will come back in to try to offend you quickly. But don't go there. The truth is, make an effort to contact some of the people and release a blessing over them. I bless them. I choose to bless them in the name of Jesus. But I, I believe this is, this is the, the, the movement from one place to the next. This is a place between the, uh, uh, just a movement that God's calling you. This is in your life, moving from one place. This is your stepping out into a new area. And I believe it's with power that God's releasing upon you. So Lord, I ask God, even this time, that you release power, power, 
in a fresh way. In Jesus' name. I'm just going to ask the rest of the team to come here a second. Can we turn the lights on? Just turn the lights on. I know we don't have a lot of time, but I believe that the Lord has a, a few words or a few things that we need to really speak. And so, Lord, we ask that you would just give us, give us some words that would be words of encouragement and edification to this group. And so, Lord, would you just, would you break in? Would you break in and release this now in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just wait. This morning, this afternoon, today, <laughs> during the prayer time, um, Kirk was speaking about the, the 1.5 generation. That's a, that's a new term for me, but um, I, I just, before he started speaking about that, I felt the Lord just impress upon me that there's a large number of you, um, very similar to the situation in Japan, that have an inheritance in two worlds at the same time. Yeah? You were born in an English-speaking country, in a very Western culture, or, and you also have family ties to a very Asian culture by blood and inheritance. And for many of you, walking in that place has been very, very challenging because you've grown up feeling like you're not whole. You're, you're only half of any one thing at any one time. You don't really belong fully in your Asian culture, and you don't feel like you fully belong in your Western culture either. And if that's you, I'd just like to see show of hands. Yeah, so I just, I just want to um, share. The, the Lord, I feel like the Lord wants to, to tell you that you actually have a double inheritance. And it's, you're not half of anything. But you have a double portion blessing. You've got the best of both. Okay? And, and um, I just want to share that to encourage you that, that you're, you're more than whole in God's eyes. Okay? I have a word for the girl. You were standing a second ago. You have blonde hair, black shirt on. Yeah, you. Can you stand up? (laughs) Um, I felt like the Lord was saying, I mean, this goes for a lot of people, but he was highlighting you that he's he's singing a song of deliverance over your life right now. And that it is time today to be delivered and be free in the Lord. So I'm just going to pray. Can you all stretch out your hands? Okay, hold on. (laughs)
to be free today. In Jesus' name, amen. Where is that? Where's the, there's a girl here uh, from UGA, right? Okay, you stand. Who else is from UGA? Got another UGA. I'm a bulldog too. Go ahead and stand. Got one right here. Another dog. Woof. You know, I, I believe that there's a tenacity that the Lord has placed in all three of you. And uh, this tenacity is a place of holding on, okay? There's, a, there's an old saying about bulldogs. One of the reasons their noses are bent back is where they can hold on and breathe at the same time. Okay? And, and, uh, and I, I, just, I just believe within us dogs, there's a place for us holding on and holding on to what the Lord has for us, but also the place of holding on in the place of being bold and courageous with tenacity. And uh, I just, I, I feel like, and even, what, tell me your name again. What? Estelle. And, you know, Estelle, I, I, yesterday, you, you're, you're, I don't know if it's just because you're a bulldog or what, but the, felt, the Lord just kind of highlighted you and, and in such a way that, that you're, uh, you're, uh, you, you have an administrative gift mix, and in that administrative gift mix, you're, you, you have a tendency to go that way. But the Lord is going to give you permission or give you a release, not only to do the administration well, but to flow in the power of the Holy Spirit at a new level. And you have a tendency to go back over here to this administration because you're pretty good at it. But then there's a place there where you're going to you're, he's going to release you over on this other side to flow as as a bulldog and tena- with the tenacity of a spirit going after the presence of the Lord. And, and so I, I just I, I Lord, I just bless my bulldog friends <laughs> in Jesus name. And I ask God for the power of the Holy, Holy Spirit to come upon them. And even now, even as they have a season away, even the... Or are you guys going back to Georgia? I know you're going back to Georgia. Are you got, you got some plans to go back to UGA? Have you already graduated? Graduate. And you graduate? 
But uh, I, I just feel like that there, there is a place for us to pray in a place of Athens. Athens is the place where it would be kind of like, this is so uh, uh, school here. Athens is a place where Georgia is. And uh, I just, uh, Lord, we just pray for revival power to break out on our alma mater. And uh, you would touch Estelle and let, let Estelle be an be a instrument, even upon that university, as she goes back, to actually release power and authority and grace. But not only that, that she would be an instrument of joy. Do you guys? Um, I also uh, get the impression that there are a lot of you, um, particularly young females, that have been called into ministry or to start ministries, and that for whatever reason you've been passed off or discredited or been discouraged or held back from that. Um, and, and I feel like the, the, the Lord's saying, ah, yeah, could, could you, is it, any of you stand up? Yeah. Anybody else? I feel like the Lord's saying that it's not by the hand or the mouth of men that you're commissioned. And that he's going to set you in and he's going to establish you in the proper time and season. He will empower you to do the works of the kingdom. And it is not by the mouth of men where your approval comes from. And Father, I just ask that you release these ones into their ministries. I ask, Father, that they fully manifest the works of the kingdom in their ministries. Ask that you cause them to to manifest the kingdom of God with power and might. Ask, Father, for spirit of wisdom and counsel and understanding upon them, of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Father, I ask for many to be discipled and raised up through their ministries. You encourage, that you defend, that you raise up. Many, many, many who will be able to go out and do the same in Jesus' name. This guy here, our friend Matt. Matt. (laughs) You have a messenger's call on you, Matt. You're a messenger. He's going to use you. He's going to use you to free captives, Matt. It's going to use you to cross barriers and boundaries. And the Lord actually spared your life. He saved you, man, in a very real way. He protected you from death because he had such a call on your life. He's chosen you and he's appointed you as a messenger. And you're to bring the freedom message across ethnic cultures, around the, the people of the streets and those who are rough and and uh, those, those who don't feel like they fit and couldn't fit in the church. And you're going to touch them and you're going to call them and your words are going to be life to them. The Lord's gripped you this weekend. Uh, and it's because it's His plan to hold on to you. It's His plan to bring you into a glorious revelation of the Father. And it's His plan to make you a messenger in this hour. Lord, come and touch Him. I felt like there were a number of people in the room.
where you actually feel a calling in, or, or perceive a calling, and um, it's to be in the house of the Lord, like David said in, in Psalm 27, 4. I, 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 one thing I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord. And that you dare to believe that your, your job, your occupation, at least for a season, but if not long term, would actually be in to be in the house of the Lord all the days of your life. And um, it's, it's not something that's common. It's not something that's uh, understood that that can be easily done in the church right now. Because in many ways we've closed our altars and made it all about mission. But there's a calling to be in the house of the Lord. And I believe there's uh, several in the room. And, and you perceive that that's your calling. And I want to pray for you right now. And so if you just stand up, if that's you, and you're going, I think I'm called to be in the house of the Lord, to, to be one of those. Just stand up right now. It's hard because a lot of times you don't know how it's going to work or anything, but, but there, there's a true Anna call onto some. And they're, they're called to minister to the Lord. It's their calling. And, and they don't see how to work it. And, and they're misunderstood because there doesn't seem to be a way. And I want to believe for that. Anyone else? I want to ask you all to come up here. Would you come up here? We're watching the Lord do this for many. He's uh, making a way for them to be in the house of the Lord all the days of their life. doesn't mean they only are in a prayer or worship room. It means it's their primary calling in life as they understand it. It's to be in the house of the Lord. I want to ask you guys, will you come and lay hands on them and pray for them? The Lord's raising up modern-day Levites. Their primary ministry is to please God and, and um, not necessarily to please men. It's their primary ministry. And he's going to raise up singers and musicians who, who, who sing and play for God. Their audience is God, not, not necessarily men and women. And some of their best music and some of the most Notable things that the Lord reveals to them never get told. They keep secrets with the Lord. There's a modern day monastic movement. Those consecrated unto the Lord. We want to honor the Lord doing that. We want to say this is real. We want to say this is just as real as someone being called into the marketplace or someone being called a missionary to another land. This is just as real, a valid and significant calling. The Lord is looking for friends and He's looking for best friends who just want to be with Him all the time. And so, Father, I ask for an impartation of that Levite, yea, priestly call. Priests unto the Lord. Called intercessors, called to be in the house to serve the Lord all the days of their life. Thank you, Lord. I ask for more of your grace upon their lives and anointing. Sometimes you don't know how to find a way to do this. 
You don't know where the provision will come. The priest's bread is the Lord. He himself is their portion. He'll make a way. He'll make a way. We have hundreds of people living like this in Kansas City. The Lord's making a way. It's called finding a way to support your prayer habit. And he helps us find a way to support our prayer habit. Lord, I pray for that spirit of prayer to come and rest on them. That grace, like David, a musical anointing on their lives. To sing the Psalms and to sing the word of the Lord. Your approving gaze on them, Lord. That they would know your approval sufficient enough that the eyes of the Lord would smile on them. The rejoicing eyes on the stone of Zechariah. That stone that Zechariah saw, those rejoicing eyes, let it be on them. That they would see the rejoicing eyes of the Lord. They would find a way. Now, Lord, bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lift his countenance towards you and give you his peace. I invoke the name of the Lord onto your lives. The name of the Lord. You're called to live for the name of the Lord. I invoke his name onto you. She would live with his name upon you. He would be your reward. That you would manifest the very clarity of the Sermon on the Mount. Seek first the kingdom and all other things are added to you. That you would manifest the very provisions of God in the earth. That you would be the multipliers of bread in the day of sorrows. In the day of famine. Seek first the kingdom and these things will be added to you. That you would be the ones to call down the mercies of God and manifest literal manna coming down. That you'd be the ministers of the provisions of heaven under earth. The Lord said in the Lord's Prayer, just get daily bread. Just every day get up and say, give us this day our daily bread. You don't have to ensure bread for the next 30 years. Just say, give us this day our daily bread. You'll live the simple lifestyle of encounter. Lord, let it be on them. Let it be on them. We need forerunners. That this is on the forerunners. That no man could manipulate them. No system could deter them from their call to be face to face with the Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.